Welcome to Medicine Wisdom with Lena Franklin. Over the next hour, you are going to go through a journey of transformation and self-realization. Now, here is Lena. Hello, and welcome to Medicine Wisdom. I'm Lena Franklin, a modern medicine woman, transpersonal psychotherapist, and founder of the East Institute. Welcome to Medicine Wisdom, a radio talk show that will teach you that to journey inward is your highest calling, that you have the power to heal yourself. Your power and purpose exists within your medicine. Your medicine is the gift your soul came here to share with the world. And I am so honored and so excited for today's guest, Tom Blue Wolf, dear friend and Muskogee elder. And so Tom, he's the founder and director of the Earth Keepers One Tribe Trading Company, an organization dedicated to manufacturing and distributing herbal healing products. He's also a charter member of the World Council of Elders, director for the Southeastern Council of Interfaith Indigenous Elders with the United Religions Initiative, and so much more. We are so excited to welcome you, Tom. And it's interesting, I was really sitting with, you know, the first time I connected with Tom was, was some years back when uh, my husband, Jeff, and I went up to his property, his place in the North Georgia mountains for a healing sweat lodge experience. So um, Tom, really excited to, to have you with us. And welcome, welcome. I would love to, I would love to um, begin by hearing some about perhaps your experience growing up um, immersed in the Muscogee Creek lineage and teachings and traditions and how that really informs the way that you walk this earth in your life today. Well, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, depending on the time of day and the day and the month and the week that one were to ask me that question, the story would probably be different because it's difficult in a few minutes to capture, you know, all of the intense moments of childhood. I can tell you one story that uh, right now that comes to mind that was pivotal in my uh, decision-making process. <clears throat> that was, uh, I was maybe seven. <laughs> uh, seems like another planet, but I was seven. And my grandfather uh, was, you know, I went out on regular trips with him to gather herbs and medicine and such. And uh, on this particular trip, he wanted a little more than usual. And so he asked me to carry this basket to put things in. So I was following him and then along and he'd go, uh, I think I need that. I need a little leaf off of that. Can you take me a little cutting off of that? That, that rock right there, put that rock in, you know. So my basket kept getting more and more full until finally it was full. But he kept on saying, I'm going to need that over there. You know, I put that in my pocket. I put it 
So eventually my pockets were filled and my basket was full. And he kept on saying, you know, I need these things. And I said, well, grandfather, you know, I don't have any more room to carry anything. I said, he said, well, you're going to have to put something back. I said, what? He said, I can't tell you. I need all of it. It's going to have to be your decision. And uh, at seven, I was traumatized in that moment <laughs> to make such a decision as to be able to choose what medicine he is going to have to use. And so uh, that was a pivotal moment for me to make decisions of which medicine to deny and which medicine to bring. That was one thing. The other thing was uh, not, not too long after that, we were sitting in the little place where he would receive. He was like the medicine keeper of the porch. And so fellows would come and women would come and talk to him. And so on this one occasion, the fellow comes in there and my grandfather's predominant prognosis question was, how's your mama? Mm. And he said whatever they told him would indicate to him what he needed to do based on what they in that moment thought their relationship with their mother was. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so as they began to tell him how their mothers were doing, he would be concocting a brew or a medicine for them. Then when he completed his uh, task, <clears throat> he would he would drink the medicine. Then he'd look at him and go, so now how do you feel? <laughs> and they'd go, well, I don't know. I, I think I don't feel that much different. He said, well, maybe you need another dose. So he'd make some more, and then he'd drink it. And then he'd go, now how do you feel? They said, well, Charlie, I, I think I'm feeling a little better. He said, well, go home, hug your kids, kiss your wife, get plenty of sleep, come back and see me in seven days. Mm. Tom, he turned I, I, I want to make sure our listeners are hearing you, so put Put the mic up a little, a little bit up. Yes. There that we better? Go. I think that's better. I want to make sure they're hearing all of the yeah. beautiful wisdom. Okay. I think that's better. So at that point, when, uh, but you hear me right now, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yes. He said at that point, he says, um, he looks at me and he goes, because I was looking kind of questionable at the fact that he was drinking the medicine while thinking that it was going to affect his patient. And when he looked at me, he said, well, grandson, he said, I'm going to take the medicine till everybody feels it. Mm. Because he really believed that we were that connected as a people and that what one of us felt, we all felt. And if we didn't, then that was the initial problem that we had disconnected from the from the flock, you know, from the species, from the family of man. If we are if we are core members of the family of man, then he used to say, if you, uh, if you feel your pain, that means you're alive. Mm. He said, if you feel other people's pain, that means you're human. So he, he, that's where he kind of orientated his medicine is to create 
Uh, and first and foremost, love, he said, was the healer. Mm. And forgiveness was the medicine. Mm. And, and so these other uh, attributions and contributions that he made were to increase other characteristics like compassion and mercy and respect and, and kindness and all these things that are necessary according to our, our creation story about what it means to be a human being. Mm -hmm. You know, once upon a time, we were shepherds and stewards and caregivers. And somewhere along the way, you know, we, we left the trail because when that happened, you can see civilizations, you know, our presence in some places was thousands of years, 12,000 years in Manhattan up in New York and Manhattan, you know, the Lene Lenape. 12,000 years they lived there in harmony with the people before the contact was made. Down here, it was 30,000 years of learning the trees and the songs and protecting the water. For 30,000, look what's happened just in the past couple of hundred years. I mean, we can see the end of water. We can see the end of a lot of things. Just in a few hundred years, when we quit doing what we believe the Creator wanted us to do when He put us here to uh, take care of this place as shepherds, you know, and to me, that's that's the main problem and getting people to, to, to remember as mm -hmm. we enter what our people are now calling the great remembering. And, you know, more and more people are waking up, you know, to this. Mm -hmm. So it's a beautiful time. It's a beautiful time. Thank you. Yes, I, I'm really sitting with what you shared around the healer is love and forgiveness is the medicine and that as a people, you know, as humanity, we're in this perpetual state of forgetfulness, who we truly are. Um, and yet we're also in this time of this great remembering. So from your perspective, Tom, how do we remember and what are we remembering? Well, um, <clears throat> I could speak from the creation story that was told to me. Okay. I was told that we came from the stars. And particularly uh, my family and, and, and band and clan and such believe we actually came from uh, the Pleiades and, and the dog star. That, that that's kind of our homeland. And that we're all traveling, we're travelers, we're all spatial cosmic travelers. And this mother that we're attached to, you know, that we're the children of the mother, uh, she's the third rock from a dwarf star and that we're traveling approximately, you know, and NASA kind of agrees with our creation story in some spectacularly magical way <laughs> that we are moving through the cosmos at unprecedented speeds and that life is transient and that it is, in fact, an illusion. Our people say it's a dream. And they say the only nation to belong to is the imagination that once you do that, then you can imagine this place 
being a paradise. You can imagine this place being filled with love. You can imagine this place being at peace. And that's how it begins. Once that you imagine these things, then you want to live into it. And you have to have a narrative to accompany it. And we call that narrative um, uh, the fabric of our culture. The fabric of the culture is the language. Imagine a language where there are no nefarious terms. You can't call somebody a liar or a cheater, or you can't talk about manipulating and scheming and plotting and deceiving. You can only talk about loving and caring for and helping out and being an assistant and a participant and a contribution. You can only talk about those. This is where we bathe. This is where we pray. This is where we dance. This is where we love each other. This, you know. And so we want to have a narrative that accompanies this heart medicine that we're professing to believe in. And uh, so the creation story of coming from the stars would mean that one day in the ascension of the spiral of life itself, we will return to those stars. Mm. And so for us, it's a magical dance and we're only here for a short time. And so, uh, my grandfather used to say, we're traveling 50,000 miles an hour through space. No one knows where we're going. It's a magical ride. Sing and dance and love each other while you're here. You know, we're all on the same boat. And so what anybody does to any part of this, they do to all of it. It's all connected. You, you can't separate these things like a lot of people want to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've heard so many people who say that once you try to isolate something, all you find out is that it's connected to everything else. <laughs> and so it means that we are not walking through nature. We are nature. And so what we do to ourselves, we do to nature. What we do to nature, we do to ourselves. And once this uh, awareness has come alive, then one has a challenge to make, you know, to accept, adapt, accommodate the situation uh, so that we can continue. And so when people ask me, how do I do this? And why would I do this? I'm going to say, because we have children. Mm -hmm. There are children in the room. <laughs> and if you want to have a future of our species on this planet, you have to care for the children. They are the future. And so uh, and if anybody wanted to use the word resource, which I shy away from, I would have to say children are our greatest resource. Mm. And uh, everything else on this planet is not a resource. It is the source of life. I mean, water as a resource. Water... Water is life. It's not a resource. It's life. It's living. It has a memory, just like fire, you know, just like everything else in this, in this beautiful world. Mm. And so uh, we are the ones who are uh, the problem. Yeah. Uh, the people, you know, if you, if you think about if humankind were to leave this planet, it would flourish. It would yes. become an amazing Garden of Eden. All the animals know what to do. It would be beautiful. Uh, but if any 
of the animals become extinct, it affects all the rest of us. And if we lose a whole species of animals, it affects the rest of us in a negative way. And one of the challenges right now is according to uh, Earth Island and the uh, World Resources Institute and other organizations, we're losing 125 species every 24 hours of plants and animals becoming extinct on this planet as we breathe. Every 24 hours, 120-something species just go away. Mm. And so it's on some level, we don't want to acknowledge it quite possibly, but it's a mass exodus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I think that it behooves us to, you know, all hands on deck. You know, I mean, this is a calamity. And so as earth keepers, we have to return to whatever it is we do in our ideologies and delusional perceptions of this planet. One of the foremost things that's necessary for sustainability and thrivability is to cultivate the characteristics of shepherding, stewarding, and giving care to all of those around you. What the Dalai Lama calls compassion Yes, you know, to empathy for your for for life on Earth, and not just each other, but all of life, and every one of us needs to adopt that, mm-hmm. and and then and then act it out in whatever way we can. I mean, that's it's crucial. This is that time. You know, it's not that's not coming. We're in it. <laughs> it's happening yes. right now. It's you happening know. right now. Yeah. yeah. So. Absolutely. I mean, this is, you are speaking to the core of why I feel we're all here at this time. Um, and the truth of the suffering of Pachamama, our beloved Mother Earth, Mother Gaia. Oof. And I get emotional even. Mm, yeah. Her suffering. Mm hmm. So what, what is the access point, Tom, into embodying that compassion, that love, the shepherding that you speak of so beautifully in a world where we see so much egoic fear and combat and hatred and all of those aspects of separation that we see every day how do we how do we even begin to for those listening like where do we begin to embody that compassion the shepherding the healing the interconnectedness that is the truth of our existence well you know that's there you go that's the question and um I can tell you that in my experience, I've seen three things or, you know, a lot of things, but three categories, let's say, that have awakened people's uh, motivation for a better life. And uh, one of them is uh, plant medicine. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've I've seen people who have gone to some of these ceremonies that are well. Let me back up. 
one of the things that we first saw that was missing in the everyday life of this country, especially, but globally in general, ceremonies, rituals, and rites of passage. They're crucial, they're critical for us to stay connected with humanity and, and develop compassion and respect. Everybody wants respect and dignity is they're screaming, give me dignity. <laughs> you know what I yes. mean? My life matters. I matter. You know, where's the respect I deserve? I mean, I do things, whatever. So uh, ceremonies, rituals and rites of passage. First, that's one must engage in those things. If you don't, then you're just going to be, you know, spinning. You're not going to be mm -hmm. progressing. You're not going to be ascending. Mm -hmm. And within that, um, with that uh, framework, plant medicine has been a great teacher for a lot of people and helped them to come to some of these awarenesses about remembering who we are and why we're here and what's important and those things. The other one, unfortunately, is a close call with death. Mm. I've seen people who've been right on the precipice. And their whole life, you know, they say, my whole life went in front of my eyes. You know, <laughs> I saw everything. I can't believe I did these things. You know, all of a sudden, it happens when they think they're fixing to die. It all comes flashing on this big screen like some crazy movie. And sometimes they change. They say, well, I don't, that's not how, that's not the legacy that I want to leave. I never thought of it, but now I'm thinking of it, you know, so their life changes. Sometimes it's not drastic, but it's in the right direction. You know, I want to live a better life. And the third one is my favorite one, and it's so rare, but it's beautiful and it's permanent. And that's when somebody just miraculously falls in love. Mm. They wake up one day and they're just in love, not necessarily with anybody, but they love themselves. They love being awake. They love the world. You know, they... They smile at butterflies, you know, <laughs> they chase hummingbirds. Something happens, and that's my favorite, but I don't see it that often. But when I do, it's miraculous. It's a, it's a, it's a momentous event. Beautiful. And so that's what has to happen. And so people are stumbling around, uh, you know, looking for these things. But typically, everybody looks outside themselves for some answer or some solution. When what we have seen um, in the in the depths of, of the research is that everything you need is already in place inside of you. Right. And so self-discovery, I believe, is the first uh, incarnation of the challenges that you'll face as you wake up. It's not easy. You know, in some ceremonies, we say the first thing to do is to wake up. That's the first thing you got to do. You got to wake mm -hmm. up. And with that waking up, you have a sense of uh, new beginnings. You know, I would say today is the first day of the rest of your life. You know, you see these things and that's true. So, but if it has no meaning for you, then it doesn't matter. But if it does, and you actually think, you know, I could go anytime. Who knows how long we're going to be here. The future is not promised. All we really have is this moment. What are you going to do with it? You know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. that 
the motivation, the self-motivation inside of you. Say, well, I'm going to do something sweet and kind because there's children in the room. I want my babies to feel safe. You know, I want everybody's babies to feel safe. And so what can I do to make this place safe for the babies? You know, how can I do that? Well, we need water. Let's make sure the water is clean. Let's protect the water. That's the main thing. And the air, we have to take care of the air. We have, to, And then we have to take care of the trees because they're the ones who produce the oxygen that we need. So we need to take care of the trees. And all of a sudden, you start building on this construct about what's really important. The Zulu people call that an indaba, mm. and a meaningful conversation about what really matters. And so these have to happen. And so once the person, let's say, goes into a ceremony or a ritual or writes a passage in their mind, is in this place where they feel like this is new. This is something out of the ordinary. This is a new beginning. I think I'm waking up just a little bit. And so you're on the first stage of enlightenment. Once that kicks in, you realize then the main thing, the the core of your existence has to be oriented. Where'd you go? Hello? Yes, still here. Can you hear me? I can't see you anymore. That's all right. You can. Uh Uh-oh. So, Tom. Yeah. If you can hear me, we're all good. Okay, good. Yes. Yeah, we're all good. So I want to really pause and highlight one of the things that you said, which I, I feel like for humanity is so helpful in this awakening process, this self discovery process. And that's, the impermanence of this human life. You know, one of one of my dear teachers, um, Thich Nhat Hanh, Vietnamese Buddhist master, he would encourage his students to do this practice where you would turn to the person that you're seated next to and hug them as if you were going to die tomorrow. And it sounds kind of like a drastic um practice perhaps, but it really speaks to this urgency of loving in this human life and really tuning into what matters, what's important. I loved what you shared around, you know, having those conversations about what truly matters in this life. And and that um, that's a practice, you know, and and I, I love the way that you're speaking about the initial stage of self-discovery, the waking up, the newness. Um, and in that, because we see it all the time in our our work with plant medicine and um, different healing modalities here at the East Institute is this um, unlayering of the fears that we've carried for so long, all of those ancestral layers of fear, which takes, you know, it's like you said, it's not easy. It takes courage to move through those, uh, but oh, is it worth it? Is it worth, you know, really feeling the truth of your essence of love energy that is the language of the soul? So, well, yeah. And so then once a person wakes up, we, or begins to wake up, we feel like that the first thing to do is to engage in this healing that's going on this the growth and transformation of each other and the planet mm-hmm. and then once that's covered what i think what one realizes is that the healing cannot be complete until we honor all those that came before us 
Yes. So then we have to include our ancestors. Mm-hmm. And then when that hits and clicks in, we realize in that moment it's an epiphany of of huge proportions. Yes. That we are the ancestors of the future. Mm-hmm. We're only going to be here for a little while, but we're going to be ancestors for the rest of time. Mm-hmm. And the legacy that we leave in that ancestral path is going to mean everything or it's going to mean nothing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, our people believe it should mean everything because we think about our ancestors, you know, and those of us who are alive today, you and I talking right now are testimonials to a successful lineage of ancestors who avoided the amazing genocide that's been going on on this planet for thousands and thousands of years. Our ancestors at least stayed alive long enough to have babies and to raise right. those babies because here we are. Because <laughs> here we are and so in we, physical form. A dream come true. They right. dreamed about us. And so in some capacity, when we're in ceremonies, we honor that dream of the ancestors that we are a dream come true. And so we dance to that dream. You know, we sing to that dream and we want to continue that dream. So to continue that dream, then we have to be the ancestors of the future and make sure that those coming after us have as sweet as a dream as we do. Mm. And so in order to do that, we have to protect life itself, you know, so because that's the dream. Right. And, you know, and humans want- are only only capable of seeing such a small uh, percentage of the electromagnetic spectrum of light. I mean, I, I've heard all kinds of statistics, but it's right around one or two percent. Yeah, so I've you got to think percent. So that's very, very small percentage. Ninety eight percent of what's going on. We can't see. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> For us to think we know what's going on is ludicrous. And and the same is true for the audio portion. I mean, we only hear a small portion of the sound that's available. Dogs, eagles, snakes, all the other animals can hear things we can't hear. And, um, and so I believe that that should exercise a certain amount of humility within us and understand the beauty and and majesty of all of these creatures who know things we don't know that could teach us these things if we were willing to, you know, to uh, be humble and and learn from them. Mm -hmm. And And I want to I want to dive more into that, you know, how to how we actually keep that dream alive as ancestors for the future. So. After this short break, we're going to be back with Tom Blue Wolf to dive into how we continue to embody the healing that's needed to cultivate this new earth. Be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hosted by modern medicine woman and transpersonal psychotherapist, Lena Franklin, Medicine Wisdom is a radio talk show that will guide you on expansive journeys of transformation, inspiration, and powerful embodiment of your soul's purpose. We all have a medicine, a unique gift that's meant to flow through us and into the world. 
Wisdom comes when we transform the false aspects of our inner and outer lives in service of embodying the truth and light of our most expansive desires. Your Heart Ignited Desires are the access points into discovering who you are and why you're here on Earth. Medicine Wisdom, Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Medicine Wisdom with Lena Franklin. Have a question for Lena or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Medicine Wisdom. I have my dear friend and Muskogee elder Tom Blue Wolf with us, and we were just in this delicious voyage and conversation around what it truly means to wake up and to remember who you are as the soul in human form on this beautiful planet. And we were talking, Tom, about keeping the dream alive and really being the ancestors of the future. So when you sit with your own earth walk, as you call it, <clears throat> how has that manifested in your own journey? Like, what does that look like for you, keeping the dream alive on a day to day basis? Hmm. Well, <clears throat> that's a good question. In no particular order of significance, because, amen. I wish I could talk like a didgeridoo. I could say everything at once, (laughs) (laughs) but I have to pick and choose, but it's not because one thing is more significant than another. But having said that, I think the main focus is love. That's any time that I feel uh, like even like I'm approaching some guardrail or that I'm getting close to a precipice, or I'm getting close to a, you know, a situation that's unfettered or is whatever. I remember uh, the feeling of love. I focus on like a meditation, you know. It's like a, mm-hmm. it's like Zen, you know, the Zen of love. You know, it's like I carry that with me, and if somebody says something, you know, that's uh, unfortunate or hurtful, uh, ordinarily, if I stay in this place of love, uh, it, it, it's it's like water off a duck's back. You know what I mean? It, it, I, I just continue to love. Uh, 
I think about the sun. I think about the moon. I think about the trees. I think about the water. They don't take anything personal. You know, they, they do what they do and they contribute to life 120%. And they're, they're not opinionated. They have no bias. You know, they, the well is open to everyone, you know, and so I remember that. And having said that, you know, it's not easy to do that. So it's a challenge. So it's like a definite samurai kind of a posture that one assumes. So there's the there's a definition around the term peaceful warrior oh, wow. where you care about the babies, you care about the women, you know, and their hearts and how they feel. You care about the water, you care about the trees, you care about this whole place. You care about the dream. That is the dream. Now, personally, I can tell you this. I believe that everything is frequency and energy and vibrations. Yes. I think the very slow vibrations become physical, become material, they become solid, they become they they pass through the dream we live in. You know, nothing stays the same. Everything changes. So, but we're in a we're in kind of a spectrum where three dimensions seem real you know we're in a spectrum where we think when we hear something we're really hearing something when we think we say something we think we're really saying something but if you understand the sequence of for instance i called my friends at mit and i said i want to ask you a question have you measured the frequency of certain vibrations of emotions coming from people he said, well, yes, we've done that for years. So I said, well, what's the vibration of love? He said, it's right around 700. I said, what's the vibration of enlightenment? He said, it's off the charts. I said, what about compassion and forgiveness? He said, they're up three, 400, 500. Everything is above 300. All the wonderful characteristics of humanity are above 300. I said, well, what about hate, anger, fear? He said, they're below 25. Mm. The frequency is below 25. Fear, anger, hatred, resentment, all of these envy, all these grosser, you know, uh, frequencies. But I said, well, how about viruses and bacteria and funguses and parasites? He said, they're below 25 also. I said, well, do you think there might be some sort of harmonic convergence? <laughs> <laughs> that everything that's vibrating below 25 is singing in the same key, so to speak. <laughs> and he said, well, yeah, that that's what we're thinking. And I said, well, why don't you publish this? He said, we're not going up against, <laughs> we're not going up against the military industrial complex. You know what I mean? He said, we, this right. on our website. If you want to find out, you know, come see us. Uh, but we're not going to advertise this. You know, searchers will find it out when they start searching, you know, looking for these things. And so if I know that, then what I'm thinking is everything is transient. And what, what I'm left with at the end of my day is the only reality is love. Everything mm -hmm. else comes and goes. So what I've started doing every morning when I wake up, I sprinkle corn silk <laughs> over me. Gives me an automatic line of forgiveness all day long. So anybody's going to say anything, I've already forgiven them at the crack of dawn, you know. <laughs> and so <laughs> they say, I said, say whatever you want to do or do whatever you want to do. Forgiveness is on the house. Yeah. And uh, 
that's how I do it. And so, uh, but I don't expect everybody to do it the same way, you know, but mm-hmm. I think if you come close to these things where you just automatically forgive people, don't people, when people are saying things, most of them have no idea what they're saying. They just right. say stuff, right. stuff, no gateway, things just come out of their mouth. And so what my grandmother said a long time ago, and now I've heard so many other people say it, she said, before you say anything, you have to make sure it's true. Mm. If it is, then make sure it's necessary for you to say it. If it is, then make sure that what you're about to say is going to be received kindly. Yes. As kind. So if it's true, necessary, and kind, be my guest. Right. If it's not all three of those things, save your breath. Right. And she used to tell me if I wasn't going to be talking about stuff like that, that I should take up a flute so that I could use my breath for something beautiful instead of talking about nonsense. You know, I love it. I love it. It reminds me so much of my mother's Buddhist lineage and the use of wise speech. Mm. And I remember sitting with my mom many times at our family's altar at home. Mm. And she would be in meditation and really in the space, inner spaciousness. And she would always say to me, you know, silence is a form of communication. And Mm. in that, in that space, we can actually listen and hear the language, the vibration Mm. of of our heart energy. Mm. And, you know, as a kid, it's like everything, everything's coming out of your mouth. There's wise speech is an aspiration if it's even that. But um, thank you for sharing that because it it really reminds me so much of what my mother taught me as well. Well, you know, the other part of it, too, that I carry, I'm sharing some of my innermost feelings and and perceptions about these things. I don't talk about this very much, but I'm thinking most people look at me like the RCA dog, you know. Let's say that when you say something, that's why being in person is so beautiful, you know, in real time. Uh, As you speak, the images that you have in your head through your intention attach themselves to these water crystals that leave your mouth when you say these words. And those water crystals find their way through intention to the ears of the person that you want to receive this information. Their ears have the facility to download those water crystals, remove the pixels that carry the images that you were hoping to transfer, flash them up on a screen in their head, and they think they know just what you said based on their own experiential level. Maybe they only understand the trunk. They don't see the elephant. Maybe they only understand the tusk. They don't see the trunk. (laughs) But they're getting closer to the conversation as the more we talk about these things and the more water crystals that are involved and the more downloads and the more experiences. There are languages amongst the indigenous people that if you don't experience something, you, you're you not allowed to talk about it. Mm, so I love no, that. Yeah, there's no rumors, no gossip. You can't discuss concepts. You can only discuss reality, you know, your mm. experiences. Just think of what the world would be like if everyone lived by that. Mm. tenants Oof. oh that i know instead of being caught in the web of stories of egos of projecting our own 
perceptions onto others and in that web of mm. illusion mm-hmm. we were only aligned with speaking of our direct experience and i mm. for the listeners tuning in i really like that i my whole body i have chills i really encourage each of you to really sit with that concept and that practice thank you for that tom that gem yeah it's a communication is is really important you know if if you really let's say that you first you're working on yourself and you come to this place inside of yourself where you want i want to be a good human being you know what does that mean you know i want to be a good whatever motivates you to feel that way let's say that you you feel that way then um then you have to say something you got to talk so let's say that you want to say things that you know nature is going to receive you know mm. you, you widen your audience to include birds and bees and butterflies and food and herbs and trees and planets and moon and the sun i want everybody to hear what i'm saying you know what i mean because the whole world you know because i'm in love right and so you want everybody to know so you say these things well your words will become uh, your character to those around you so you develop your character then your character will determine your behavior and then your behavior will determine your destiny so your destiny is is pronounced with the next words that come out of your mouth a lot of people don't connect what they say with what's happening to them down the road <clears throat> but it definitely is the precursor for everything that happens to you begins with the next thing you say that's right every so word a, is an act of creation exactly well you know the the uh, the i think it was arab arabic had this term abracadabra mhm means I create as I speak mm. which is now captured by all the magicians. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but originally it was everybody who thought when I speak I create. I mean it was that was not an anomaly that was just the way of life and so but see we went through what our people call the great forgetting. Right. So we forget all these things and so then look what happened you know and so now it's like a runaway train with no engineer. <laughs> and everybody's in the dining car arguing over the bar tab. That's you, right. <laughs> and so what we have to do is decide, you know, who we are and where do we want to go and each one of us is crucial to that dream coming true. And as we anchor into so really like this is moving through in such a beautiful way for me and I hope for those of you tuning in if every word that we speak is an act of creation. Mm. We can also ask ourselves, what kind of world are you choosing, consciously choosing to create? Mm. And and that, right, because our behaviors and our destiny flow from those thoughts which flow through our words, which can either flow from fear and ego and separation and illusion or from truth love forgiveness compassion the soul and 
we can begin there every day, you know, because because a big part of this is okay. Yes, we're we're really being with these true true elements of what it means to be a soul in human form and an energetic being on this planet, but grounding it in what we call in um, our Peruvian lineage the kaipacha, the physical realm. How do we actually practice, and what does that practice look like? And I really feel this remembrance, this deep remembrance of the truth of our power. Mm. And we're here to co-create and that every word is an act of creation. And if every mm. word is an act of creation, what are we choosing mm. to manifest on this planet? And just offering that to mm. those who are tuning in to this conversation. So. Thank you, Tom, for for bringing us there because I really feel that that anchors us in the tangible practice day to day. And one of the things that I think would be good to uh, include in that process, for instance, you know, in the indigenous languages that I'm familiar with, there's no word for uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. There's no word for try. There's no word for should. You can't superimpose your relationship with the creator by someone else telling you what you should be doing. And there's no word for work and there's no word for play. You're just doing whatever it is you're doing. And it's up to you to decide whether it's playful or laborious, you know, but the one word that my uncles and grandfathers told me was the ruinization of our people was when we learned the word doubt because, uh, you know, for centuries, eons, millennia, we were doubt-free. It either was or it wasn't. There was no doubt about it. <laughs> and uh, so I'm thinking, look how important these words have become in our language, which, you know, if you think, well, you know, one of these days I'm going to try really hard. and Well, maybe I shouldn't even, well, you know, uh, what I should do, well, you know, I doubt if I'm ever going to... And all of a sudden, you haven't really said anything or done anything. <laughs> right. You've just, you've just like played badminton in the air with nothing and nobody. And so uh, I think a, an exercise could be to remove some of these words mm -hmm. that are precarious and really have no destination and no intention behind them other than to avoid, you know, it's like rhetoric, the art of rhetoric. <laughs> yes. And so... Um, I think that would be a good starting point is just take some of these words out of your language and start realizing that you either say what you mean and you mean what you say. Right. That would be a really beautiful beginning to having language be the fabric of our culture once again. That's right. Really changing the narrative. And I think I feel that is so important, right? Mm. The conscious choice of our verbiage and and really how that originates from so many beautiful indigenous cultures um, that didn't even have those words in their in their language. So you brought up and we're talking about practice and ritual. I I would like to what I'm feeling called to bring to the forefront for us is ceremony. And I often share with my clients and students embrace life as this living ceremony. Mm whether it's drinking a cup of tea, having breakfast, walking to the mailbox, doing these seemingly menial tasks, which can actually be such extraordinary moments in the seemingly ordinary. What does it mean 
to you to live life as this ceremony each day. I think that's perfect. I think it you should be if even if you don't understand the word ceremony and what that actually means cuz so many people have it's kind of like saying I love ice cream, you know. I love going to the movies. We're going to have a ceremony, the ribbon cutting. You know, the mayor's going to cut the ribbon. That's the ceremony. But what we're talking about is something much deeper, this deeper connection like an inner celebration. And one of the things that connects me throughout the day like that is to realize that I am my mother's immune system. Whatever I feel, she feels. Whatever she feels, I feel. And if I want to make my mother feel better, then I have to be a good son and honor her and respect her and love on her and care for her and help her in these times of needs. And that's my motivation every day on the things I talk about, who I talk to and um uh, like I say, sometimes people just stare at me like the RCA dog, and they have no clue of of what I'm actually referring to. People who are buried in the delusion of some ideology, who have forgotten what it means to connect with life through love. Right. So what we hope is that they remember it. Fall in love. Get a pet. Fall in love with your dog. Fall in love with your cat. Take a plant and plant it in the ground, and fall in love with that tomato that. It comes up out of the earth and right. eat that tomato. Fall in love somehow or another, whatever you can, with something that's real and sustainable and a dream of a safe place to raise babies. One of the so thoughts the, that came to me, and this this is important, I think, is like sure. you were a baby and I was a baby, and that baby never went anywhere. It's just got tenure. You know, mm. we're like we're like babies who've been here a long time. Right. And so uh, in that in that respect, I wouldn't take my baby anywhere that I wouldn't mm -hmm. take my baby. <laughs> right. You know what I'm I saying? Because I don't want my baby listening to those things. I don't want my baby feeling those ways. I don't want my baby to be hurt on any level. And so it's it's again, I expect people's heads to cock a little bit. But I still think that you need to retreat your life world and your lover and your mother and yourself uh, mm -hmm. like you would a bundle of joy yeah mm, so beautiful it's so it comes mm. down truly to love and i want i no. want i really encourage uh our listeners to tune into that moving and speaking from the heart space and falling mm. in love with you know whatever it is each day Mm. And that energy is the energy that we're here to perpetuate and to cultivate and to emanate into the world. And that's the key. Tom, I want to thank you so much for being with us um, today for this rich conversation. And for those of you tuning in, you can check out Tom Blue Wolf online, um, Earth Keepers, One Tribe Trading Company, also on social media um, at Tom Blue Wolf. And stay tuned for our episode next week on Medicine Wisdom with Lama Rod. And remember, the world needs the gifts that only you have. What is your medicine? Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Medicine Wisdom with Lena Franklin. We hope today's episode was educational and helpful. Until we talk again next week, have a fabulous week.